Blog Talk Radio. George has to share in his book, 
title The Silent Pulse, and he's assisted me in getting clarity in terms of why I've been so encouraged and so motivated to be a drummer, um, and also to recognize the importance of rhythm within our everyday life. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to delve right into the book, uh, and I'm sure you're going to find what I have to share with you to be of interest. He starts by saying that the way of rhythm and harmony uh, is somewhat synonymous with the uh, essence of the sperm cell, and that's interesting. Um, indeed, we all know that uh, the way we became into being uh, as spirits experiencing a human um, experience is that uh, our mother, after giving birth to us, uh, was able to relate to us on a very profound way, and that's basically from her heart. And he states that the sperm cell swims with rhythmic strokes and joins the egg, and molecules of DNA dance together. Pulse cycle concentrations of fields interact, multiply, differentiate one another, and then as a singular pattern emerges, something unique in the universe appears, and that being a new being. And remembering everything, the human, uh, should I say the being actually, passes through the various stages of earthly evolution, accompanied by the powerful drumbeat of the mother's heart. And I always use this expression, especially when I'm talking to an audience about the drum. I, I state a question about when, was, when can one remember the first rhythm that they've heard. And, and uh, invariably, uh, most people do not really come up with the thought of their mother. Uh, they think of a concert or a record that they heard uh, as an infant and so forth, but uh, very seldom. Occasionally, it's always um, a pleasure when someone does resonate with that reality. But indeed, the first rhythm that we've ever experienced was before we were even born, and that was the mother's heartbeat. And uh, George goes on to state that the being is shaken to the core by these pulsations pulsations of one's mother's heart, which promises a purpose, a wholeness, a synchrony, and being secure in this rhythm, the being's own heart takes form and begins an answering pulse. And that's very interesting. Here it is, before the, the being, whether it be a human being or some other type of being, some other type of um, living being, that it, before it's developing its heart, and actually through the cellular structure, the, the sensitivity of each cell, is able to sense the rhythm of the host, and this being the mother. And thus, its heart develops, perhaps it's encouraged to develop because it recognizes the mother's heart. And then... Uh, as George goes on to state that the being's heart takes form and begins an answering pulse. And I know that as an African drummer, we have the experience of the group of circle of drummers playing. And I've read, I've never experienced this, uh, perhaps maybe one at a, once at a church, a uh, drumming uh, brother uh, of mine, he and his son were doing a call and response from across the, um, the chapel of the church. And of course, within the drum circle, you have most of the drummers playing a rhythm, 
dances or one dancer, there's a call and response between the drummer and the dancer. But George goes on to state that as soon after birth as, as possible, the mother takes the baby in her arms and puts his head against her heart. And this is done instinctively, I would imagine. And he goes on to state that the, the rhythm is still there, a reliable beat against which to measure the flow of growth and change. And later there will be other rhythms, other relationships. But some deep knowledge of those early moments remains, a reminder of the rhythm that sustains life and underlies all of existence. So this book is about the underlying rhythm. We begin, as uh, Pythagoras did some 2,500 years ago, with, um, with music in which is encoded the basic structure of the universe. From there we go to the hidden rhythms of human relationships, then deep into the body, where what seems most substantial eventually dissolves into patterns of pulsating waves and the senses which serve in marvelous ways to connect us to the rhythms of the world. And this perspective leads us to recent research findings from which we can draw a startling picture of human nature and human abilities. And he says that, you know, after the heart of each of us, or at the heart of each of us, whatever our imperfections, there is exactly a solid pulse of perfect rhythm, a complex of waveforms and resonances which is absolutely individualized and unique, and yet which connects us to everything in the universe. The act of getting in touch with this pulse can transform your personal experience and in some ways alter the world around us. And though I have drawn upon a specific theory and, and research in arriving at this point of view, especially upon uh, certain implications of modern quantum physics, uh, the silent pulse is by no means a formal scientific or philosophical treatise. Rather, it is a search, a journey, or a discovery involving personal experiences and stories about ordinary and extraordinary people, as well as research information. If what emerges from this research uh, seems surprising or even fantastic, this is perhaps inevitable. But uh, for once you start seeing the material world in terms of rhythmic waves, your ideas about what is real and true will probably seem less certain. And in place of that certainty, I hope that you will entertain a, a new sense of richness and endless possibilities of existence. And then he states that at the end of the, uh, the book, you will find an appendix describing a number of exercises, which I will share with you in a future show next week. And these works, exercises are based on workshops that uh, George has given for more than 20,000 people over the past several years. And these exercises are designed to lead you toward the experience of what he calls perfect rhythm. And the main body of the book is complete in, in itself, and the appendix uh, extends uh, information about that as well. And I will be incorporating this in my, uh, my uh, uh, work with, uh, within the immediate family and circle of friends, and then at the world at large. On my website, I will be featuring these exercises 
and I'm looking forward to perhaps maybe conducting these exercises via um, uh, venues such as Blog Talk Radio, uh, YouTube, as well as Skype. The possibilities are endless, and I, I've been encouraged to uh, pursue spreading the need for the drum to be a focal point in everyone's home. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, reviewing these exercises and sharing this with you and hope with the hope that indeed this will uh, evoke a positive change in your life, in your family's life, in your circle of friends, your neighborhood community, and indeed the whole world. So uh, I'm just excited about reading this, this information and sharing this with you and reviewing it. And I, I encourage you to purchase the book again. Uh, the book is titled The Silent Pulse, and that's by George Leonard. That's uh, George's first name, and the last name is L-E-O-N-A-R-D. So please hold, stay tuned, and I will take a short break, and I'll be back with you in a moment. Recognize that phenomenon, and of course, musicians—they can set a tone. 
uh, once people are together in the same room, I've read this, I forget which book it was, but it was uh, a known fact that if you go into an auditorium, that eventually people will start synchronizing their breathing pattern with one another. And, and one person can actually be the impetus for the whole room or the whole uh, uh, hall, as it were. And that's an interesting uh, scenario. You find them with children. If their children get together, um, there's one child in the group who can, with the alpha personality, can take over the whole group and make them become disruptive or make them become very calm. And these are some, some observations that I'm sure many parents, especially mothers, are very keen with, and of course teachers and coaches and trainers uh, who do with large groups of children as well as adults. These are things that um, we, we find to be very true. And of course this happens within the places of worship. Uh, and most places of worship, of course, uh, they have a very tranquil uh, uh, air about them and, and the energy is very uh, subdued until, uh, depending on what uh, type of environment you're in and what religious uh, services you're attending, it can be very lively uh, it can be very, very uh, solemn. So it's, it's just a lot to say about collective pulsations and rhythms as opposed to your individual rhythm. Um, he states also that the phenomenon, as it turns out, is a universal phenomenon. Uh, this thing about mutual pulse locking of two oscillators, in this case two clocks, so whenever two or more oscillators in the same field are pulsing at nearly the same time, they tend to lock in. So they are pulsating exactly the same time. And the reason, somebody stated, is that nature seeks the most efficient energy state. And it takes less energy to pulse in cooperation than in opposition. So the word entrainment, entrainment is so ubiquitous in, in fact that it's with the air that we breathe we hardly notice, yet it offers dramatic witness of the tendency towards perfect rhythm that we discover whenever we examine the roots of our existence. So to get the field of entrainment, you might try playing with this vertical and horizontal knobs of an old television set. And every set contains horizontal and vertical oscillations that position the scanning electronic dot that forms a picture. By me just stating this, he's going back quite a few years. This book is rather old, as you can imagine, because the TVs, the televisions that we have now, uh, they automatically uh, calibrate themselves. And that's the word I like to use in terms of calibrating. Um, we tend to miss the connection with technology and with the human, human being, with the human body. And we're constantly, this mechanism called our body is the most sophisticated instrument that exists on the planet. And each and everyone has access to this. And we constantly have to recalibrate, retune, reset the different, various parts of our body. And a lot of this can be done by uh, proper exercise. But first of all, and foremost, and I was going to say proper eating, but proper breathing which is, uh, connects very directly with the heart and, uh, and of course, the respiratory system, your lungs, uh, to be more uh, at point. The, 
the people from the East, those who practice certain practices such as yoga, are very much aware of how important it is to breathe properly. And mainly what they talk about is deep breathing, circular breathing. And it is suggested that we try to pay attention to our breath as much as possible. From the moment we wake up to the moment that we go to sleep, which at that point when we sleep we have no control of the way we breathe. However, uh, I dare to say that if you're practicing uh, healthy breathing while you're awake, your body is going to has a memory, and it's going to re- remain uh, maintain that particular rhythm and concentration even while you're asleep, in terms of your subconscious taking over. But it's so important that we breathe uh, as properly as possible. And there's different schools of thought, and I suggest that you do your research. I must add that anything that I suggest on this show, I'm not a medical doctor, uh, and I'm not a practitioner of health as such, uh, but I do share various uh, things that I know, in which I practice myself, and my wife and I here at home uh, practice and embrace. But I suggest that you Google information from your uh, from your computer, go to the library and research as much as possible about anything that I talk about and suggest. And of course, proper breathing is something to really uh, be uh, mindful of. And I believe the expression in yoga is called Hatha Yoga, and dealing with breath, and uh, and also I, I believe Asana Yoga, and then from there dealing with exercising. And that exercise doesn't necessarily have to be robust; it could be just dealing with yoga, stretching the body. Very, very much important. And of course, as you're doing these exercises, you're being mindful of your breathing state, and you develop your rhythm a rhythm that is conducive to your particular physiological makeup, and and so forth. Next from the breathing is drinking water, a sufficient amount of water. And I'm constantly challenging myself every day with that, to drink at least between six and eight glasses of water, depending on your physiological makeup. But uh, during the course of the day, you should be consuming, you should be hydrating your body, because you can become very much, very easily dehydrated, especially during the the, um, the winter months, because we tend to know that when we're sweating during the summer that we need to replenish that, that liquid that turns into sweat. And we're so inclined to do that, especially those of us who drink water with ice. But during the winter, uh, you're not actually uh, sweating. You don't see it as much, but the, the water is evaporating. It's leaving your body, so you have to replenish that water. Um, and then, of course, eating properly, eating uh, healthy food, mainly your fruits and vegetables. It's very important to have a, a stable diet, and the stable part of any diet is having an ample amount of fruit uh, and different types of fruits. There are some fruits that can be very alkaline, some can be acidic, and the acidic uh, state of your body is something that you don't want to have. You want to have your body as alkaline as possible. And also vegetables, very important. Green, leafy vegetables, uh, and then of, and then nothing that's uh, white in nature, you know, rather than white rice, brown rice, uh, white potatoes might be something that you want to maybe uh, push aside and maybe get into sweet potatoes and yams. Right? There's a host of things. 
that you can do to change your diet, change your lifestyle with regard to what you consume so that you can maximize the, uh, the health uh, uh, condition of your body and the longevity and having a long life that is healthy. So uh, I just wanted to just share that with you in terms of how that ties in with uh, the rhythm of relationship. And that relationship should be begin with yourself. And then, of course, from there you can have a relationship with your significant other in your life as well as those other people in your life, from family members to, to uh, friends and associates that you may work with or be involved with business transactions. Uh, to get the feel of entrainment, you might try playing with the vertical and horizontal. We were talking about that earlier. And uh, that's something I'm going to skip over because that relates to an old uh, technological phenomenon in terms of uh, using his analogy of the television screen. Um, so we have a few minutes left, and I see that there's a few we've used who, uh, oh, okay. All right, I'm going to take a short break, and then we're going to, End the show, okay? Hold on with us for a moment. journey 
And I must say that I become more and more encouraged as I uh, begin to share certain readings, such as uh, The Silent Pulse by George Lennard and um, other books that really resonate with many people. Uh, it's just not myself in terms of my interests, but I've been getting feedback from a host of people that they will be revealing and in terms of uh, uh, very substantial and um, emotionally and intellectually and spiritually moving information. So, again, I thank you for tuning in. And I shall end as we begin by giving reverence to the Most High. Uh, we give thanks this evening to you, dear God. May our minds stay centered on the things of spirit and goodness, and may we not be tempted to stray from love. As we begin this open to receive you, and please enter where you already abide. May our minds and hearts be pure and true, and may we not deviate from the things of goodness, and may we see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. I surrender to you my doings this day, and we ask only that they serve you in the healing of the world. May we bring your love and goodness with us to give unto others wherever we go, and make us the people that you would have us be. Direct our footsteps and show us what you would have us do and make the world a safer, more beautiful place. Bless all your creatures, heal us all, and use us, dear Lord, that we might know the joy of being used by you. We thank you again. We are grateful. Namaste. Shalom. Assalamu alaikum. One peace, love, and abundant blessings to all of you. God bless. <laughs>